Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I don't think anyone on the bottom six was guaranteed anything coming into this game. Yurcho taking it hard to the hole. Scores! Beat Hellebach, blocker side, and it's 4-3. Three goals in the third period for the Edmonton Oilers. They win in Winnipeg. 5-3 is the final. Huge night for Tomas Yurcho. He gets two goals. Ethan Bear gets two goals for the Oilers. Connor McDavid had the other one. The Oilers, even their preseason record at 3-3. Three and three. They'll close out the exhibition schedule Saturday night in Calgary. 8.51, thanks a lot for tuning in. Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland Ford along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Okay, well, two guys really stepping up. Tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, two guys fighting for spots, fighting for ice time. Let, we'll start on the on the back end. Ethan Bear was a big story over the last couple of days. Joel Pearson has a, a shoulder issue. Seven to ten days is what Dave Tippett says. I mean, you never know how long it'll actually take, but there could be a spot. There, there could be something available. Tippett went up to Bear at practice yesterday and said, knock, knock, here's your, here's your opportunity. And I think... Uh, I think Bear uh, opened the door and, and welcomed that opportunity with open arms. And what I liked about Bear tonight, Rob, he gets two goals in the third period. I thought he was having a good game even before he scored. Well, you and I talked about it throughout the game that, you know, he looks good. He looks comfortable. Uh, we, we talked before the game. We didn't, we hoped that he didn't feel overwhelmed knowing what was at stake in tonight's game. And uh, you never like seeing a teammate go down with an injury, but sometimes uh, an injury opens up an opportunity. And he had it tonight. And Dave Tippett challenged him. He could have very quietly just put his name on the board and let him know that he was playing. But he challenged him by saying, you know, there's something here. You know what? You go out and have a good game. There's a spot that's available. And he had a whale of a game. And what you, the two goals are great. Uh, but he's not going to score 160 goals this season, so he's got to be able to defend. And when you're playing with Oscar Kleffbaum, who does jump up in the play, you're going to be in a position where you've, you're the guy back. So you got to make smart plays. you got to get pucks up quickly. you got to uh, defend well. And he did all those things as well. And then he was rewarded through good play. The, 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 the second goal he scored, uh, and Bob and Jack talked about it, his lateral movement along the blue line. A, it was confident. Um, a lot of young players, inexperienced players, or players just pushing to, to be at the NHL level will get the puck and just throw it on net. He didn't see a lane. He went one way, took it all the way back to the other. And because he's got good lateral movement, he was able to create some open space to allow him to have a lane to the net. And he got the puck through. So Ethan Bear was excellent tonight. And because of that, coupled with the injury to Parison, he will be your starting second-pairing defenseman with Oscar Clefbaum on opening night. I'm glad you brought up the lateral movement on his second goal, the Oilers' fifth goal, because that 
to me, watching hockey has, has been something that's changed so much over the years if you went back tw- 20 or 30 years because there's so much more of an emphasis on shot blocking now. The points will often be left open and, and players will sag and then maybe a forward will, will charge out and there's so much get in the shooting lane, get your stick in the way, do whatever you can. And defensemen have to be able to move laterally. E- either way, you know, forward quickly take a shot, backpedal take a shot, which Bear did on that play. I, I mean, I think Rob... When you played, I'm not saying no defenseman could do it, but you might have your top two offensive defensemen on the team could could do it. I think now that that's that's a standard requirement if you're going to be a pro defenseman. That's well, it has. Movement. Yeah, it, it has to be because, as you said, shot blocking is uh, paramount to team defense nowadays. If you don't shot block, if you don't get in shooting lanes, you don't play. And teams are very, very good at it. So you've got to be able to create shooting lanes for yourself. And what I like about him, earlier in the game, he had a, blo- a shot blocked. So he learned from it. He realized, okay, I got I to gotta move. And that one was, he had a defender coming out at him. And he went from one side. He must have moved probably 20 feet, 25 feet over, and was able to turn his body and get a slap shot away. So he created so much space between him and the defender that allowed him to get the shot that he wanted. Not just a shot, but the shot that he wanted. So uh, a smart play by him. And you are seeing the hard work that he put in in the offseason pay off because he does look quicker. And as you talked about it but during the game, just you and I in the in the room here, he looks in such in, in much better shape. He's a, a trimmed-down hockey player realizing that you've got to be at peak condition if you're going to play in the National Hockey League. So Bear gets two as the Oilers beat the Jets 5-3, also scoring twice, once in the first period, once in the third. Tomash Yurcho, as, uh, I mean, he's had a really good preseason, and, uh, I mean, he's around the net. I mean, clearly, bad Winnipeg giveaway, mm-hmm. leading to his, uh, his first goal, his second goal. I mean, if you're a Winnipeg fan, you probably think Hellebuck should have had that. But I give Yurcho credit. He put the puck in a, in a better position to, to get a good shot away. Well, in my era, the guy that was really good, that was Steve Eiserman. He was so good coming down his off wing, and he would cut to the middle, lower his shoulder, and slide the puck under the stick and then put his stick in a better... Like, he, he just created a, a much better shooting angle by about seven, eight feet that opened up the other side of the net. If he would have shot from where the puck was to start with, he's not going to be able to hit the far corner. He, the angle just wasn't there. But he created a better angle. And I love the, the confidence of, of taking the puck to the net, not being worried. We've seen too many players in the past here in Edmonton that would have come down, they either would have gone behind the net and made a big circle, or they would have turned up towards the boards to see if they can find a trailer. They, they were perimeter players. This kid hasn't been a perimeter player in any of the games that we've seen. And before he scored that goal, you and I were talking, and you, you talked about how well he was playing and if he could push out a veteran that might be ahead of him in the lineup. And tonight, I think he made a great case for himself that he not only should be on the team, but when you play him with good offensive players... He's capable of putting the puck in the net. So the Oilers win it 5-3. Three goals in the third period. And the Oilers really took this game over in the third, out shooting the Jets 15-3. Shots for the game were 26-21 for Edmonton. Uh, the first period was... Blah. Kind of looked like a preseason <laughs> game. There were there were some mistakes uh, both ways. It was 1-1. The Oilers got the jump a minute three into the second period on a power play goal by McDavid. Winnipeg carried the majority of the play after that and, and had the lead, but... In your mind, Rob, what happened in the third? I mean, like I said, 15-3 shots for Edmonton in the third. 
Well, we, we've talked about, I think, in almost every exhibition game that the team that has the younger lineup usually starts stronger. The team that has the better lineup usually ends the game stronger. And the Oilers had a better lineup tonight. They they were stronger, and in the third period, they pushed forward. And Dave Tippett, who understands it's just an exhibition game and the stats don't matter, he was playing to win this game. There were times that he had McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Neal out on the on the ice to try and to create more momentum. Uh, the Oilers had better goaltending in the game tonight. I don't know if Smith was this was his greatest effort ever but he was much better than Hellenbeck in the other end. He made the saves he had to. Hellenbeck didn't. The Oilers just pushed, and, and they got it from all different players tonight. Again, I, I thought the Cave-Russell line was very good. You know, the, you don't see them all over the scoreboard, but they kept momentum going. They kept pucks going forward. Haas was much better. I still don't know if he's going to make this team, but he was much better in the game tonight. And obviously, the the top two lines with Yurko, or Yurko having a very strong game, they got momentum because all four lines were pushing forward. Patrick Russell's really interesting to me. Played six games last year. I mean, he's one of these guys in his mid-20s trying to be a pro. Hitch praised him in his limited appearances last season, and you and I were kind of like, well, I don't Mm -hmm. know. We haven't really seen much. I mean, he's been good in the AHL. Tippett seems to like him, and and he just seems to be a player who is, is trusted, and Okay, if you can't make something good happen every time you're on the ice, and he's by no means an offensive nope. threat or a deadly finisher, but it seems when he's out there, nothing bad happens. He seems to play in a pretty straight line. Well, I think the the key word used there was trust. When you are third line, but especially fourth line player, and you're you got a coach, and, and the coach is looking down. Okay, here's my fourth line. Who? What am I going to get out of them this shift? Huh, I'm not quite sure. You know, I'm just going to throw my first line out there again. And that happens a lot. The, a coach doesn't have faith in his, you know, 10, 11, 12th forwards. They don't get any ice time. They only play when it's only absolutely necessary to put them on the ice. But that line has earned the trust of the coaching staff. Cave made a big mistake early. I believe it was in Vancouver where he lost a guy up a face-off. Other than that, I don't remember that line being hemmed in their and in any of the games that they've played. Russell, every time he's out there, uh, he, he you notice him through hustle, you notice him through uh, creating turnovers, uh, good forechecks. So, and, and what, I, what you like about this or what you think going forward, Dave Tippett and I said with Bob after the end of the game, you can see what he wants for lineups because he's been pretty consistent throughout. And in this game, Cave and Russell again played together on a fourth line role. They're always playing in that same spot. So I do believe that Cave and Russell will start the season as the Oilers' fourth line, and I think it's earned. I think both of them have outplayed anyone that has tried to push them for that spot. They understand their role. That's the biggest thing for a fourth line player, understanding what your role is and then excelling at it. 5-3, 5-3, the Oilers win in Winnipeg. Two goals for Bear, two goals for Yurcho. McDavid gets one. Yurcho also had an assist. Two assists tonight for Leon Dreisaitl. Two assists tonight for James Neal. The first one he gets the puck off a turnover. Obvious pass to mm-hmm. Yurcho. They had, they had a kind of mini, a mini 2-1-0 in front. The second assist on the power play, and you often say this, Rob, that the best offensive players... They just have a sense where everybody is on the ice. They're processing everything, and I think Neil showed that on that play. Well, it did. It was a deft little play, getting the puck into an, an open area. And it's one of those you know where the player should be, but you also got to put it at the right speed. 
Because if you think a player is going to be there and you whip it over there, if he would have whipped the backhand to where he thought Connor was, it would have been a, been a off offline and it would have gone too far. But he put the puck in a spot because he knew that McDavid should be in that area. So it was an area pass, and it was smart. Uh, he understands his role. He is a gifted offensive player that had a really bad season last year. But he understands where the puck should go. He understands where he should be. And that power play was a nice little play by him. And I I think he probably has a leg up on Chase on on being on the first power play unit. And plays like that will keep him there. Oilers win it 5-3. You will hear post-game reaction from the Oilers as we move along tonight. You can also text 630-630. You can call 780-496-0063. And we'll welcome Brandon to the show. Go ahead, Brandon. Hey, how you guys doing? Quite well. Uh, so, I know, you, like, I agree with you. What you guys said is that Ethan Bear being, you know, solidifying his squad and team tonight. So, I'm just wondering, because I know when Pearson comes back, things will alternate a little bit. Do you guys have Legison or uh, Manning penciled in right now as the seventh defenseman for opening night? That's a good question. Thanks. Well, if it's on play, it's Legison, and it's not even close. In all honesty, uh, Manning has struggled in the games that he's played. Now, uh, maybe you want Manning up here as your seventh defenseman so that Legison can play. And then if there's an injury or someone uh, it needs to be pulled out because of poor play, then you pull someone up from the minors. And, and Manning just continues to be your seventh defenseman. He, he struggled. He, he has struggled quite a bit in the preseason. So uh, it, based on play, Laga sends your seventh defenseman, and now that'll be a decision the coaching staff and the general manager decide on. Do you keep him up as a seven, or do you send him down and then just call him up when needed? Yeah, and that's, I mean, I've brought that up a, f- a few times. Like, could Manning make the team as a healthy scratch? Yep. Like and I know you've told the story about the the goalie you played with that, that never played. No, he just he, he would just be the backup, and if they wanted, they wanted the well when the rest of the starter they they they'd call somebody up. And that's what I see happening here. I uh, Manny he, he just hasn't played to the level that needs to be played for him to play ahead of a Legison, to play ahead of a Bouchard. Um, it's just not there right now. Well, I don't think Bouchard's no, no, for a while. But. No, I agree, but you're, you still, if there was injuries, you, you would see Bouchard get called up and play before Manning does. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. So when he's the yeah. seventh defenseman up here, he's, if there is an injury, I still don't see him jumping in as the seventh defenseman. It's a guy from the minors that's going to get called up. So that's what I see. Because you also got to think about it, too. If they send Manning down and Lagesson stays up here as a seventh defenseman, He's not playing up here. Manning's going down and possibly bumping some young defenseman out of the lineup down there as well. So now you've got two young defensemen not playing. Whereas if you keep Manning as a seventh defenseman, all your young defensemen are playing down in the minors. And if there is an injury, you bring one of them up and Manning stays where he is. So that's, that's what I think probably or possibly mm-hmm. happens. I, I, you know, but that's going to be interesting to see. It will. I just don't see Manning playing ahead of any of the nine defensemen, I believe, that are probably ahead of him and, in the depth chart. And then I suppose chart. the other wild card we should consider is Tip said yesterday it's seven to ten days for Pearson. Well, if it's not that bad, maybe he's healthy for the opener. Yeah, but he won't play in the opener yeah. without having played in another game or two. 
So he will, he won't be back for the opener. I don't believe simply because he's not going to play this exhibition game tonight. He's not going to play in Calgary, so he's going to be off the ice a little too long. That they will go with whoever's played. To me, it's already it's done. Bear will be playing in that game. Other preseason action tonight, late in the first, no score, Flames and Sharks. Second period, Canucks up 2-1 on the Coyotes. The Wild beat Dallas 2-1. Lightning knock off the Panthers 4-2. Detroit over St. Louis 4-1. And the Rangers get by the Flyers 2-1. That one went to a shootout. Okay, we're going to bring KJM in on the phone line. When we get back, we got to call a quick timeout. The Oilers beat the Jets 5-3. This is Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland Ford. Your show with two, Bear with two, McDavid with one. The Oilers beat the Winnipeg Jets 5-3. We have KJM on the open line. Go ahead, KJM. Yeah, um, I was just uh, wondering uh, with, with what uh, with what you guys are seeing up there, if this drives with, any, with you guys at all. Um, uh, when it comes to the, the young D that we have coming now, uh, is there a chance that you could see, for instance, like how – well, I'll break it down into two questions. Like, how close, first of all, is, is Legacy to pushing Russell out of the lineup? How close is that battle? And then on the right side, um, like, how, what would it take, do you think, by the trade deadline? I mean, other than obviously, you know, making the space, um, do, you think that, uh, do you think that there's a chance that you can see a, a completely brand new right side um, by the end of this season? I don't see Legacy pushing Russell out anytime soon. I don't. I think that Russell, just through his experience, is so much further ahead than Legison right now. So I don't see that happening. As for the trade deadline, do you mean they're going to move all three right side defensemen? Well, I mean, like, we only have two coming back from last year. We have, uh, you know, Larson and, and Benning. Uh, Benning. Oh, well, I. I, there's always the possibility of trade, and obviously uh, the easier trade would be Benning simply because of contract. Uh, it's not as much to move. You don't have to have as much room on your own side. And I, 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 I honestly, I, I don't look that far ahead simply because you don't know what's going to happen between now and then with injuries, with, with anything, with what the team's doing, good or bad. So uh, I do know that they, the young defensemen, the, the Oilers have in their farm system and pushing now are so much closer today than at any time in the number of years that I've been doing the games. I think this is my 14th year. There is actual competition now. It used to be there wasn't. You knew who the six guys were, and now you were fighting to try and find a seventh or an eighth. But the others aren't like that now. They've got legitimate prospects that are going to push the veterans. And if injuries do happen, they got guys that can come up and play. And we've seen, we saw last year's season be derailed because the players that they called up were not capable of doing what the injured players, Russell and Clefbaum, were capable. So uh, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't believe he's pushing Russell yet, and I can't really answer the question about if there'll be trades or not. All right, thanks. Thanks, KJM. Always good to hear from you. 5-3 win for the Oilers. Back to Winnipeg. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. Good. Um, he's an offensive player. He understands how to play offense. Um, I really like playing with both of them. Neil, uh, you know, a real solid veteran guy, knows knows what he's doing out there. Um, obviously, Yerkes is a you know a real skilled guy and. You know, had uh, a couple bumps along the way uh, with injuries and whatnot, so uh, you know, trying to find his way back, and you know, I thought he looked good tonight. When you play with the new line mate and one that was brought in over the offseason, before the game, do you guys just maybe talk a little strategy, or what does that whole process look like? Um, yeah, you talk a little bit. Um, you know, there's obviously a feeling out period, but uh, ultimately you just go and play. Um, you know, we know the system. We know where guys are supposed to be, so uh, you just got to go out and play and see what happens. 
You had more shots in the third than you had in the first two combined. Uh, you know, what caused the turnaround? Um, not too sure, guys. Just Guys were just desperate. I thought we, we did a good job playing fast. We got in on the forecheck, and um, you know, just got pucks to net. You know, good things happen when you do that, and you know, a couple guys were rewarded. And uh, why was it important for you kind of to play this game? Uh, well, it's just it's important to play, you know, all, you know as many games as you can before the season. Um, that was my second. Uh, you know, felt better than the first game, so you know, that'll continue to, to get better. What was the biggest difference that you noticed between this game and the first, just in terms of how you felt? Uh, it's just timing. Um, you know, just being used to the speed of the game, used to, um, you know, seeing reads and whatnot. So, um, you know, that... Uh, that was better. Would you like to play against Calgary as well, or you thought that far ahead? I thought that far ahead. You know, it was uh, good to play tonight, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. When you see it coming into camp, what did you need to see from yourself, and have you seen it? Um, well, obviously, you just want to be healthy. Um, you know, that's that was, that was checked off, and you know, now just working on the game, trying to um, get back up to speed. Connor, there's jobs on the line, especially a game like that. How encouraged are you about the team when you see people like Thomas Yurko and Ethan Bear step up tonight? Yeah, it, was, it was good. Um, you know, happy to see that. You know, obviously, like you said, there's lots of jobs on the line, and you know, lots of guys are pushing. Um, you know, I think both those guys gave uh, the coaching staff something to think about, and um, you know, credit to them. They, they were both real good tonight. Uh, I thought some other guys were, were real good as well. Um, you know, that didn't play the other night, so. Um, know that that competition is a good thing and um so we'll uh, we'll see what, see how it plays out all right that is connor mcdavid who scores tonight in the oilers 5-3 win over the winnipeg jets just want to touch on something here if you're on uh, social media tonight you've probably seen some video that's kind of gone a, a little viral of former oiler now with uh, the jets organization mark letestu before the game taking a packet of mustard and putting it in his teeth and you know biting down on it so he eats the mustard right before the game and this is done in an effort apparently successful um to reduce cramping really but i guess that's a thing you can mustard reduces cramping i'd I'd rather cramp athletes doing this now seriously i'd rather cramp that sounds and gross. Just pure mustard? Well, I'm not. I'm not a mustard Maybe guy, anyways. I think it was mild mustard. I don't think. It was I still. Hot. I mean, I don't. I don't put mustard on my hamburger. I don't put it on my hot dogs. I'm well, certainly not like, eating it plain. Like That's kind of cool. Or maybe I, I, I always plain, thought. I always thought drinking water helped against cramps. They probably did that too, <laughs> but I guess that's the. Uh, <laughs> the videos. The video is quite, uh, quite prevalent. Huh. On uh, a lot of social media right now. So anyway, no, maybe there, maybe explanation. Maybe you and I before our next game might eat a little mustard just so we don't cramp during we the telecast. Uh, we should do that. Uh, Gary says, with how good Bear played, what's the chance he might get on the second power play unit since he can shoot? Um, good question. Um, yeah, I, I think that if you look at the Oilers up, you got Clefbaum as your your first power play guy, and after that, I mean, we've seen Nurse in the past when Clefbaum was hurt, but Nurse is a more in a shutdown role. And the one thing that Bear has that when you've got the talented left-handed players that the Oilers have that play on their offside in the power play, you want a right-handed shot at the top for the one-timer. He is a right-handed shot. So it would not surprise me if he is in your starting six that he does get power play time and possibly some point uh, 
play a little on the first power play unit, depending on how the power play has been playing. So, yeah, no good question. And, yeah, I think he will get power play time. All right, the Oilers take it 5-3. It's 9-16. More time for your phone call, 780-496-0063. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. The final tonight. Edmonton 5, Winnipeg 3, three goals in the third for the Oilers. They outshoot the Jets 15-3 in the final frame to get the victory this evening. Yurcho with two, Bear with two, McDavid also scored. Pullman, Bork, and Cease scoring for the Winnipeg Jets. All right, Rob, we've got a couple of people uh, messaging here on Twitter and on the text line. Your thoughts on Anton Berdasov tonight, who did get an assist, didn't he? Um, Should have. Yes, he did. He got an assist yeah, they got tonight. The assist there, yeah. uh, I, I thought he was fine. Um, I, I, he didn't stand out as much as he did in the first game, but he looked comfortable out there. The problem for him is, I just don't know where there's a spot for him on the team. You and I, during uh, one of the commercial breaks, were trying to go through who we thought the 14 forwards were, and we're we're at 15 right now. We're like, okay, it's who is who are we going to make room with which one of these guys are we going to cut with the way that uh Ircho played tonight and Nygaard who we both think is going to be on the team Cave and Russ like I don't know if there's any room for them which is too bad and the fact that the others have 48 contracts now you're only allowed to have 50 you always want to keep a couple open spaces just in case so uh, I thought he was fine I just don't think there's a spot for him yeah it's it's going to be tough I, I mean I'm still not entirely sure how they're going to line up on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's see if Dave Tippett has any thoughts on that. You can, you, yeah, that's exactly it. You can present opportunity, but it's what people do with it. And we had a couple guys really take advantage of that tonight with Yurko and Bear really played well. What about Yurko allows him to find so much offense success? It looks like he didn't miss a step playing with Connor, wasn't a step behind, always seemed to be level-headed with him. You know what, he's, he's, uh, he makes good plays, he's got good hands, has good skill. I think he's coming to the point in his career where he recognizes he's got to be a good two-way player. It, uh, the skill isn't just going to carry him. So he's trying to play a smart game, a real uh, use his skill to the best advantage he can, but play a smart game and, and uh, try to help his line mates. That's, uh, that's what you saw tonight. You said knock knock to Ethan Bear yesterday during practice. He didn't only open the door; it looked like he busted it down. Yeah, he kicked the door open, which is good. That's uh, he played real, real strong game. You know what? He's he's had a really good camp. He's really played well in camp. He's come in great shape, and you like to see that he put the work in. He's changed a lot of his diet. He's changed a lot of his mindset of how he wants to play, and uh, how he wants to live, and how he wants to play. And you love to see guys that do that have success because it, it's a model of how it works. He's the, in today's game, he's the type of player that a team needs, like an offensive guy. He got one from the point, one from the slot. I mean, yeah, I, would, I would say he's more of a two-way guy. Like, he's a solid, you watch him, he competes hard for pucks in his own end. I mean, he's he's not just a one-dimensional offensive guy. He, he's, he's a good today's style NHL defenseman. And, um, you know, it's uh, I'm glad to see him really play well tonight. That's, uh, I'm happy for him. He's, he's one of those, he's been, He's a good kid. Like he just in camp, he's always smiling. You, you like to see things happen to people like that. What did you think of Mike Smith tonight? I thought he was solid. I thought he was solid. The uh, you know the first one was that's just 
great play on their part, whacking out of the air. I think it surprised them, but the other ones are kind of bang bang around the crease. I thought Mike moved the puck very well, real solid tonight. So good outing for him. How much of an adjustment is there for the defenseman when your goaltender can really zip the puck? It seemed like he caught a couple of them off guard a couple of times because he's so good at it. There is a little bit of adjustment, but it's uh, you know I've been through this before with Schmidt and with Turco in Dallas, and uh, you know your defense reads the play. You know there's times when even with Schmidt they have to go back and get that puck. So the, the defense reads the play. Uh, but Schmidt, I mean, he's one of the best in the game at it. It's, it. It stands out when he does it so much. I asked Mike Smith earlier in training camp when he really embraced moving the puck and when he improved at it, and he said it was playing behind Marty Turco in Dallas because he thought if this is our starting goaltender this good, when I go in, he knew there was going to be a drop-off because Turco was so good, but he figured i I got to be at least half as good because that's how we play. Our, our defensemen and the forwards rely on the goalie participating in the breakout. Well, the expectation. The, the players play a certain way for one goal. You want to make sure that they can play the same way under you. And that's a credit to Mike Smith, though. He's seeing, okay, this is what's made this guy successful. I better put the effort in so that I can do the same type of thing. And he obviously did because right now he would be the elite in the National Hockey League. And I tell you, uh, as a player, you appreciate when you don't have to go back and get run through the glass because your goalie picks the puck up and sends you back out offensively quickly. All right, so the Oilers win at 5-3. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Just another look uh, quickly at an out-of-town score. Thursday night football, five and a half minutes left. The Eagles leading the Packers 34-27. The Packers had four cracks from the one-yard line failed on all of them and the Eagles have moved the ball out of that hole they're around midfield right now okay Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow I'll have inside sports from six to eight and then Saturday is going to be a fun day on 630 Chad we have a double header 1230 with the countdown to kick off the game at two between the Eskimos and the Red Blacks Morley and Dave will be with you until six then Rob and I are going to jump on for the face-off show at 6, and the Oilers' final preseason game in Calgary will start at 7. So that's a big day coming up on Saturday, and it'll be interesting to see how the Oilers' lineup looks. Is McDavid going to want to play one more time? Will Marcus Granlin be healthy enough to play as he's been battling the groin issue? Which goaltender, or could they both play on uh, on Saturday night? And could we see Yurcho or... Or, uh, or Nygaard or some of these wingers who have been playing well get more looks in the top six. A lot of the storylines to look ahead to. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This has been Overtime Open Line, courtesy of Heartland Ford. The Oilers win in Winnipeg, 5-3.